Hello and welcome back to another week of the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, founder of Australia's first online K-beauty store, Style Story, and of course, your guide to all things Korean beauty. So we have an absolutely jam-packed episode for today. There are so many things happening in the headlines. There are so many things that I want to run you guys through. We have a really great question of the week as well. But first things first, to kick off our K-beauty news headlines, this one is really, really exciting. So for all of my Aussies, you can now shop Korean beauty online in Australia at Woolworths. Their new everyday market platform has just launched and they have hundreds of K-beauty products available. So that is a really, really exciting one. If you are used to doing your groceries online, um, then you will probably already be familiar with the website. Uh, For those who are outside of Australia, Woolworths is one of the two biggest supermarkets in Australia. So this is a really, really exciting new way for you to shop for K-beauty products. So I'm really, really excited that Woolies is finally getting in on the K-beauty action. So go and check that out. You can check it out at Everyday Market, which is inside the Woolworths online platform. And there are literally hundreds of K-beauty products for you to choose from. So that is a really, really big one for this week. Uh, And the other one that I know many of you would have heard about, the other big news headlines this week in Australia was the clarification from the TGA, the Therapeutic Goods Administration, that the marketing code that it has in place also applies to influencers. So if you didn't hear this news, here is why it's kind of a big deal. The TGA in Australia, is basically the same as the FDA in the States in terms of the kinds of the things that they regulate. So in the States, the FDA uh, regulates uh, a whole lot of products that would be drugs and products that make what they call drug claims. And the TGA is pretty much the mirror body of that in Australia, except that they regulate what they call therapeutic goods and and, uh, products that make therapeutic goods claims. So for all intents and purposes, we're talking about drug type products. And of course, the TGA also regulates things like sunscreen. So what happened was uh, this week, or rather last week, uh, one of the really big media outlets here in Australia reported that there is a ban, is the words that they were using, on influencers uh, promoting, they actually said skincare products, which was just entirely incorrect. Uh, but what has happened is that this this story has really, really blown up in the news. A whole lot of people are freaking out. A whole lot of influencers are freaking out, thinking that, you know, oh my God, what's going to happen to me going forward? What kind of products can I talk about? A lot of brands are freaking out as well. And you might be thinking, okay, cool, but what does this have to do with K-beauty? Uh, we'll get to that. So look, I think a lot of people, I had so many DMs about this. So I thought, even though this is not the kind of thing that we normally cover on the show, this was a really, really big story in the headlines this week. It is pretty related to K-beauty in uh, Australia anyway. So I'm going to cover it. Okay. So look, uh, 
The good news is that it is not a ban on influencer marketing and it is certainly not a ban on influencers talking about any skincare product. The TGA regulates a very specific set of products and also products making certain claims. And that's what they're really talking about. And the other thing is that this advertising framework has been in place for a while now. This is actually not new. What is new is the clarification that it applies to influencers. So basically the TGA advertising rules include things that you need to be, you know, accurate, balanced, and substantiated with the claims that you are making about a product. And that you're only allowed to make claims about TGA regulated products uh, in terms that are consistent with their intended purpose. So if once a good is recorded on the Australian Register of Therapeutic Goods, which is called the ARTG, then when you're advertising a product like that, which includes things like sunscreens, then you need to only make claims that are consistent with the intended purpose of that product. So for example, we have a sunscreen product. You can't come out and say, this is an awesome sunscreen and it also lightens my pigmentation because that would not necessarily be consistent with the uh, goods indication or its intended purpose as it was registered. So that's the kind of thing that they're talking about. Uh, Obviously, if the product has any mandatory warning statements about how the product should be used, then those kind of things now need to be included. So the big takeaway, I think, for most people, if you are trying to distinguish whether a product is just an ordinary skincare product, like maybe a cleanser, as opposed to a product that is making a therapeutic goods claim, products that are regulated by the TGA include things that can diagnose, treat, or cure a serious condition. So a serious condition would be something like, you know, cystic So if you have a product that is saying that it can cure cystic acne, then that is a kind of product that would need prior permission or approval from the TGA in order to be uh, basically put onto the market. So there are a whole subset of products, obviously, that, you know, are good for acne prone skin. Maybe they're good for pimples while not claiming to cure something like cystic acne. So there are a whole lot of products that are not covered by this regime. And I think maybe up until now, if you are an influencer, you've kind of been able to maybe ignore it or keep doing your work, even if you don't really understand the distinction between those kind of things. But basically what the TGA is saying is if you are being paid to promote a product like this, or you are receiving the product for free, then you're going to fall under the same obligations as the business that is making the product itself, because you're essentially working with them to market the product. That's basically the clarification in all of this. So it's not that this regime is totally new and that you used to be able to say whatever the hell you liked and now you can't. That's actually never been the case. But the big clarification is, hey, if you're getting these products for free and promoting them on your page, you're also subject to the same obligations. And I think that's the reason why this is getting so much airtime is because there are a lot of people that were sort of maybe operating in a bit of a gray area. Um you know, not really 100% sure what, you know, their their obligations were and whether they fell under this regime or not. And the TGA has basically come out and said, yeah, you do. If you're being uh, paid or if you're receiving products for free, you are not allowed to provide testimonials 
anymore. And so you might say, okay, well, what is a testimonial? In general, testimonials include things like I statements. So I find that this product does blah, blah, blah. You can't say stuff like that anymore. You can advertise the product. And of course, you need to clarify that the post is in fact an ad by doing, you know, the hashtags uh, that, that, that tell people that this is an ad. Before and after pictures are also likely to be testimonials as well. Uh, So that's another thing. So if you have gone out and bought a product like this yourself, so a TGA registered product, say a sunscreen or a product that is making, you know, therapeutic claims, you don't have to worry about this if you paid for it yourself. This is particularly in relation to people that are being given Uh, an incentive, I guess, to write about a product, to post about a product, Uh, being given what they call in law valuable consideration. So that's a really technical legal term uh, that lawyers will be familiar with. And basically it means anything that incentivizes you, you know, to Uh, I guess, think positively about a product. And if you have received it for free, well, that's valuable consideration as well. So if you have gone out on your own steam, walked into a store, maybe bought the product online and are sharing your views about it, then this does not apply to you. But if you are an influencer or someone who is accepting product for free or being paid by a brand to share Uh, you know, say a sunscreen on your page, then you're going to be considered to be working with the brand to promote that product. Now, I think uh, where this all, so the other really key point uh, piece of information to know is that unlike most laws, the TGA has clarified that this one is going to be retrospective. So as of July 1 this year, you will need to have removed historical testimonials that have been paid, gifted, or incentivized if they are about these kind of products. So it is retrospective. If you are currently posting, uh, you know, uh, things like this about, say, uh, you know, products claiming to cure acne, products claiming to remove wrinkles, Uh, Anti-aging products can be making therapeutic claims uh, as well. Uh, It it really depends on the kind of language being used. So you'll often see a lot of companies use language like can reduce the appearance of fine lines. So anything about like the appearance or signs of aging, those kind of things are usually not therapeutic or drug claims. The kind of claims that the FDA and the TGA usually concern themselves with are things that are making physiological changes to the body itself. So for example, uh, you know, prohibit uh, melanin production or something like that. That's a physiological change in the body. So those kind of products or whitening products that actually have like bleach or something in them, say, or anti-aging products that are, you know, really claiming to make changes to the body and, you know, uh, suppress, inhibit, do those kind of things. All of those kind of claims generally tend to be drug uh, or therapeutic goods claims. So that's, I guess, the need to know information. Uh, It is retrospective. So I guess going forward, keep that in mind if this is the kind of stuff that you have been promoting on your page. Now, I think the really important clarification here and why I wanted to discuss it on the show today is because for a lot of a Asian beauty bloggers in Australia, uh, you know, that have been promoting things particularly like Asian sunscreens. 
I think this is now going to be a little bit problematic. Now, I've spoken in the past many times about the fact that at Style Story, we are not allowed to sell Korean sunscreens on our website. And we have to be really, really careful about any messaging that we make around Korean sunscreens because none that I know of have ever been registered with the TGA and none of them are listed on the ARTG, which means that they're not allowed to be promoted or sold. But I think what this new clarification makes clear is that if you are accepting free product or being paid by a brand to share their sunscreen on your page, that I think you will now be considered to be working with the brand to promote that product. And if that's a Korean sunscreen, then that's going to be a problem for you uh, because those products need to be listed on the ARTG. Now, I've had I have spoken to a couple of people that have said, well, you know, it's tricky because I went onto the TGA's website and I couldn't see the product there, so I assumed it just didn't apply or it wasn't relevant. And that's I can clarify that pretty quickly and just say if it is a sunscreen product and it's not a makeup with a sunscreen in it, then it needs to be listed on the ARTG in order to be sold in Australia. If it's a sunscreen, the rules are very, very clear. Uh, So that is just going to be a key takeaway point for a lot of people that are involved in this space, particularly with uh, Asian sunscreens. Uh, If they're not on the ARTG, they should be. If they are a primary sunscreen product, a product that is advertising itself Uh, for the specific purpose of providing protection from the sun, then it needs to be listed on the ARTG. And this will be a problem as well for bloggers in other countries, but it might not be uh, dealt with the same way, I guess. So the FDA as well, the reason that you won't see a lot of Korean sunscreens sold in the market in America is basically for the same reason that a lot of the sunscreen filters that are contained in Korean products aren't FDA approved, so they can't be sold there. But the difference is at the moment, bloggers are still able, as far as I'm, I know, to you know promote these kind of products on their page pages because the FDA doesn't consider you to be, you know, working for the brand, I guess. And that's kind of what the TGA has now clarified is that basically in their eyes, that's what you're doing. So I know that this is going to be like uh, a big change. I think, I think a lot of people are really worried about it. Uh, I actually, uh, so I did a couple of things on my stories when the news first broke. uh, And just because of the volume of DMs I was getting, I, sort of said to people, look, would it be helpful if I put together a guide on this? Uh, You know, obviously I am a lawyer, but I'm not working for, you know, anyone in particular, but just a guide that might be a useful reference point. It's not intended to be legal advice, but just to, you know, have some pointers there so that you can maybe distinguish a little bit more easily what are the kind of products that are going to be covered by this and what are the kind of products that you kind of don't need to worry about. And the overwhelming response was, yes, we would really like a guide. So obviously that's going to take me a little bit of time to put together. I am working on it and when it is ready, I will let you know. But just to let you know that, you know, this is coming, this is in motion, it will apply retrospectively to things. Uh, I had a lot of uh, comments even from people that are you know, bloggers and things like that in America, people in the States saying, we, I wish we had a law like this, or, you know, we should do something like this. So I think even though I, I'm well aware that we have a lot of listeners outside Australia, it's, uh, you know, who knows if something like this
this could be rolled out in other countries as well. So I think it is topical. Uh, so, you know, bear with me if you've made it this far and you're not in Australia. I don't think it's completely irrelevant. Uh, and it is particularly relevant in the case of uh, Korean sunscreens and things things like that. So obviously this 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 law is not just in relation to uh, you know skincare products. Uh, it also covers things like vitamins and stuff like that. Um, any product basically that falls under the the TGA regime. But I think the takeaway point is that if it is a kind of good that is used to treat an injury, an illness, uh, or prevent an illness, then that is going to be covered by this. Unfortunately, with cosmetics, it is a little bit more murky because there is, you know, you need to take into account the claims that are being made about the product. Uh, it's not just as simple as categorizing it one way or another. It could be a basic moisturizer, but the way that, you know, maybe the brand is promoting it makes it clear that it is actually falling into the drug territory uh, or the therapeutic good territory. And that's where it's going to be a little bit more problematic. But just to give everyone a heads up that that uh, is in the works. So look, that is the news headlines for this week. That was quite uh, a meaty little topic. <laughs> so let's get into the question of the week, which thankfully is not as as uh, as legal ease. <laughs> so the question was from one of our listeners, and she said, "I feel like the answer should be obvious, but I just can't seem to wrap my head around what a watery oil is, like the Itzen-free Rosehip Watery Beauty Oil or the Dialba Prestige Watery Oil. What exactly are they? Who would benefit from using them, and where do they fit into your routine? Are, they, are we supposed to treat them like true oils or like serums? So that is a really, really great question. Now." There are a lot of products like this on the market at the moment in Korea, and I think you'll be able to recognize them because they will often be called something like a moisturizing oil or a watery oil. And I think the best way to think of these products is like a moisturizing oil. Uh, in terms of where they fit into your routine, because there's so many different products out there and they're all slightly different, just go along with the standard rule, which is, Slot them into your routine based on the texture. You start with the thinnest product and work your way up to the thickest. That is just the easiest way to do it. That way, no matter what the product is called, you will just be putting it in in terms of, uh, in in the terms of its texture. That is the golden rule as far as I'm concerned. Just because the naming conventions, particularly among Korean beauty and Western beauty products, they're just a little bit all over the place. So I think if you get really hung up on the name, it can get even more confusing. So just take it based on the texture, slot it in wherever it feels the most appropriate for you. Now, what are they? <laughs> Good question. So look, a lot of the brands that are introducing these products at the moment, the marketing that they're doing for them really emphasizes the fact that they are less sticky than traditional oils and that they feel fresher on the skin. And most of them have a medium rating, I would say, in terms of the oil factor. So that's definitely true of the Itzen Tree Rosehip Watery Beauty Oil. That is a product I myself have been using in my routine since last year. I think I've probably gone through three bottles of it. I would describe that as a, an oil hybrid in that it feels like 
an oil, but it has a lot less of the downsides of a traditional oil in terms of the thick and heavy feeling on your skin. Uh, and the other product that you mentioned is uh, Dialba's Prestige Watery Oil. Now, this one is actually in Korean called the uh, Ilcho Oil, the one second oil. And that's because it performs much more like a water on the skin than a traditional oil. So I think that's probably the best way to think about these products. They are hybrid products. It will differ from product to product in terms of just how watery they are versus just how oily they are. Uh, but that's what they're trying to do. They're just trying to you know, come up with, I guess, a new concept, a new way of making oils uh, and just slot them in wherever it feels appropriate in terms of thickness. I think that's going to be the least uh, stressful way to incorporate them into your routine. I myself loving them. I really, really like them. And I think that's the main reason I do like them as well. It's just because they're a lot more versatile because they're not as thick and heavy. So I think they're really great products. That's what they do. I hope that answers your question. Uh, And if you guys have any other questions that you would like answered, uh, feel free. You can either DM it through. You can email it through to us, uh, admin at stylestory.com.au. You can put it in the Facebook group, wherever you hang out, wherever you have easy access. Just feel free to send it through so that we can go through it on the show. Now, look, this is the point of the show where we normally do our new product releases. However, this week on the Style Story website, we have released 27 new products, which is obviously far too many to go through. So what I thought I would do instead, we can go through some of the new releases a bit more slowly. But this week, let's just go through some of the new brands because we have had a whole lot of new brands land as well. The first one is a brand called Skin Chonsa, which in English is Skin 1004. So if you've seen Skin 1004, you might be like, why is it called Skin Chonsa? And that is because that is how it is read in Korean. Now, Chonsa in Korean means angel. So they have basically uh, created the brand name to read as Skin Angel. That's how a Korean audience would see it. Uh, And what they do is they make products to target problems like acne, Uh, hypersensitivity in the skin, enlarged pores, redness. uh, And you will probably be most familiar if you have heard of the brand with their Madagascar Centella line, which is using Centella Asiatica from Madagascar, which is actually uh, one of the first places where Centella Asiatica was found, I guess. So that is one new brand that you will uh, be able to see on the Style Story website at the moment, Skin Chonsa or Skin 1004, however you would prefer to say it. Uh, The other one is a new vegan beauty brand, and this is a brand called Tokobo. And what they do is they make really, really beautiful products. Their packaging design is very, very unique. They have an AHA BHA lemon toner that actually has a little lemon on the top of it. Uh, So that's what uh, I guess has attracted a lot of uh, attention in Korea is the brand packaging that is kind of designed to make you think about what's actually in the product. You know, you see the lemon and you're like, where, what's in this? And then of course there's lemon in it. So they, that the brand motto is value your intuition. And they say that they use 
only the must-have ingredients. <clears throat> so that is their, I guess, their brand value and their principles of clarity, modernity, and satisfaction. So that is another, uh, just a really fun new brand. It's not too expensive as well. The products are very reasonably priced. So that is Tokobo, which is T-O-C-O-B-O in uh, English. So you can check that one out as well. Now, the other one that is new to Style Story is Hanyul, and this is an Amore Pacific brand. It is uh, a, a much more uh, along the category of luxury, I would say, just in terms of the pricing, uh, the ingredients, uh, and also obviously the brand positioning in Korea. So what they do is they're using a whole lot of materials that are found in nature in Korea and they have built skincare lines around all of them. So some of the ones that you will probably be familiar with in terms of Korean ingredients include mugwort, which is also artemisia and yuja. So this is uh, just a really, really beautiful brand uh, that is, you know, I, I guess combining the two, the essence of Korean uh, Korea's nature and then also with the modern technology that they're using to create the products. So that is a, a really, really popular brand in Korea itself. I don't see it talked about as much overseas. Uh, and I'm not really sure why that is. I guess, you know, Amore Pacific is such a big brand that they probably focus more attention and more marketing budget overseas on the brands that they think are really easily translatable. And this one is just a little bit more Korean in nature. So that might be why. But that is now on the Style Story website. So you can check that one out. The other one that I think uh, maybe our audience will be a little bit more familiar with is one called La Gong. Uh, and this is based on a Swedish concept. So it's a K-beauty brand, but they've taken their name from the Swedish concept of Lagom, which I am told translates to just the right amount or not too much, not too little. Uh, I hope I've got that right. If we have any Swedish listeners, you'll have to let me know. I'm not sure if my pronunciation is right either. That's just, uh, I guess, how it is spelled out in Hangul in the Korean alphabet. So this brand is advocating, I guess, a balanced life lifestyle through practical and effective products is what they say. Uh, and it was a, it's a, also a fairly new brand created in 2015. And it was a collaboration actually between 12 different specialists, doctors, professors, experts, and then also uh, a Korean makeup artist, uh, Go Won Hae, and uh, known for the water glow, honey glow, and flawless glow looks. So these are all just makeup looks that you can create. So basically the team uh, got together and they created a line based on you know the things that they had seen in their practice uh, you know common skin problems and skin diseases uh, and they, they basically said that they researched all of the ingredients the composition of the formulas that then they developed uh, and released to the market so they have a whole lot of different lines very very minimalist packaging uh, and minimalist look to all of their products uh, so I guess if you are into that then you will really like uh, their line. So that is uh, on the website as well. And the other thing that I had to announce is obviously we had our uh, competition, our review competition to 
uh, do a review for the podcast because we hadn't had any. And so we decided to do for the month of February, leave your review and you go into the draw to win $150 Star Story gift voucher. And I'm very happy to announce we had plenty of reviews and our lovely winner is Jasmine Medrano from Texas. Uh, so Jasmine's review said, Star Story has become my favorite podcast to listen to. Lauren is so informed and keen on the developments in the world of K-beauty and she's so talented talented at delivering that knowledge with us. I'm so glad I found a community that I can relate to so strongly and I look forward to new episodes weekly. Sending much love and support all the way from Texas. Thank you so much Jasmine and a big congratulations obviously for your $150 AUD Star Story gift voucher. Please get in touch with our team so that we can hook you up with that and get you some new K-beauty products in your routine. Uh, You can email us admin at stylestory.com and we will get that sorted for you. Uh, If you haven't already left your review, just a little reminder that you can always leave it uh, any way that you would like to, either on our Facebook page, uh, maybe Google reviews, maybe you would like to leave it in your podcast app. I'm going to start reading them out again now that we have a few more just to remind people. that we do. I love them. I love them. I love reading them. I love seeing them. I love hearing why you are listening as well. Okay. And last but not least, this is, I told you guys, this was a jam packed episode. So I'm not sure how many people are still listening at this point, but if you are, we have a couple of new product reviews on the Style Story website as well. The first one is for iUnique's Better Glucan Serum and the reviewer said, this has become a skincare staple for me. I'm onto my second bottle of this stuff. This completely renewed my dry, dull skin. I've never received so many compliments about how bright and glowy my skin was until using this consistently uh, paired with the matching iUnique Better Glucan Moisturizer. Such a great product for the price. So that's uh, a really great uh, one for iUnique Better Glucan serum I guess if you are in the market for something like that and then the other one another serum this one was Dr. Surical's Propolis Ample and the reviewer said a really nice alternative I had to switch over to this as my usual brand was out of stock and I'm so happy I did a really nice formula smiley face so they are the two reviews that we had on the website this week to round out this week's episode I'm going to leave it there. I think I need to go and take a big drink of water after that. Uh, But I will be back on Thursday, of course, with our deep dive episode. So make sure you stay subscribed so that you don't miss that one when it drops. Until then, I will see you on Style Story. 